All right. We're back. We're back. That, that came in distorted. We're back again via uh, the internet waves. Yeah, I mean, we always come into the listener over the internet waves, but now we're over the internet waves. Right. It doesn't sound as good over the internet waves, though. No. <laughs> no. All right, so I guess we just jump in. So we just came back. We were both away um, in Israel for a week, um, and now it's like a full week since we got back home. Um, so I have my experience uh, adjusting back to reality. I, I don't know if it, I think it, it'll make uh, interesting grounds for conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had a, a, t- a tough time. Uh, tough, tough time. <laughs> yeah, hitting the ground running. Yeah, exactly. All right, so maybe I'm not alone. Maybe I'm just overthinking uh, simple jet lag. But anyway, so when I was away, um, I was very lax with my diet. And to say lax, I really just decided to consciously to indulge um, as an occasion to uh, indulge. And... Uh, so, you know, I was eating whatever I wanted, delicious foods. Um, I was, you know, having a great time drinking tons of coffee, cappuccino, one in the morning, then one in the morning, one in the afternoon, eating donuts and arugula. I don't even know what I was eating. Um, and it was delicious. And I, I felt very happy, honestly. I'm away, you know, and I'm filling myself up with the best foods, the best uh stimulant caffeine the best environment and views and uh, socializing and of course i was very happy i was feeling very good and i was smiling and i was very high energy um, and um then i got back and i cannot believe you know like while i was having all all that food i was thinking there's really no harm in it, it it's probably not doing much bad harm to my body right now and as long as when i get back um, I'm good. I'll be fine. Um, so the food cravings have been insane. I, I'm like, dry, on day one, I'm driving by a Dunkin' Donuts and I'm like, oh, should I sneak in for a quick donut? <laughs> like, I don't even know a what donut. A donut. I would think you would want like an egg and cheese, maybe. No, a, do- a, a donut. donut. Then I'm uh, by Ample Hill. I've never craved a sweet in my life, but I'm by Ample Hill. It's 10 in the morning. I'm like, should I sneak in and have some ice cream and not tell Big Bird? And I had committed to myself to return to my, not to my keto diet, uh, but we could talk to what I moved to, um, but to a very strict diet that does not have any place for that kind of behavior. I didn't succumb to the urges, but like these thoughts are like implants from Mars. I, I mean... Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 the food cravings, I don't know. Well, I guess my, my diet wasn't so finalized until until recently. So I was I was drinking soylent, which is mildly sweet. Okay. Uh, but I haven't been in the gym all week. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I was also have I was somewhat sick recovering from from the travels, mm. but same thing. Like I know it's, you know tomorrow I'm gonna have to go to the gym and I'm dreading it in a way. 
yeah I'm so surprised at how hard it is to get back into the old habits that have seemed like they were you know here to stay right. easily yeah yeah the, the sweets i mean i haven't craved a sweet in all my life and after just a week it was maybe seven or eight days of indulging i'm craving it like like it's i can't even believe it and then the caffeine cravings i mean so I'm, I'm also not having caffeine now. I'm taking two weeks off. Um, but like I'm smelling it. I'm going nuts. I just have green tea. I mean. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And it feels like almost like we're at a battle with, with, uh, with the body. Maybe this is how, uh, how like, you know, an addict feels when you're, when you're addicted to some substance. You try to justify I mean, obviously, to a much lesser degree, it's only it's only been a, a week that we were away. But yeah, we were on the drug only for a week. Imagine we were on the drug for a year. And I have a little compassion for people that are off this stuff. I mean, maybe the reason it was easier for me to diet is because I was never really eating this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but still, you have to stop having your, your you know, your white bread sandwiches. Yeah, but okay, but this stuff is different. It, I, this stuff might be like crack. You think the sugar, the desserts, is way different than insane, the white bread? Insane, insane. Yeah, it's it's heavy car. You know, even more. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I can't believe the extent of the cravings. I think they'll be gone soon. Um, but like. So that was one. The coffee, that one's crazy awesome. We did a week. Now imagine you were on these crack for years. You know, that's crazy. Yeah, it's insane. And it just slowly, you know, like slowly but surely keeps building stronger and stronger, you know, dependence in the brain. Yeah, exactly. Unbelievable. Also, I don't know. Yeah. I don't get why the sugar is, is like is a good drug. It makes you feel good, definitely. But like people are concerned that weed is going to make them lazy. How could anyone operate on sugar? Like the state of mind that you know, you know, I felt in when it was, it was just like I can't do anything. I'm happy, but I can't function. You mentioned that. I don't know if I noticed that. You didn't feel that, so maybe that's just the way it, it was affecting me. I didn't notice that. I just felt very good. I think that I was in the honeymoon phases with all the drugs, though. That if I continued to do them any longer. Like, I think I had a great time for like a week. I was like running all, like the highs were lasting longer. That's what I think. I don't know. I wasn't noticing any come down off the sugar, you know, like it was just great. I was like, oh, this is the best diet. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, didn't, I, didn't, I felt great, but I also like you know, if someone attacked us, if I had to kill someone, if I had to defend myself, if I had to produce right. and work, I don't think I would be able to. I'm not sure. I guess I didn't think about that. Um, but anyhow, like so what, fine. <laughs> what if someone came at you, came at you with a knife? You'd be able to defend yourself? I think I would just surrender and just say, take me. I don't know <laughs> that now I would be much better at, at defending myself. I haven't been feeling ferocious. Maybe that's just because you weren't hitting the gym. Yeah, maybe it's because I wasn't hitting the gym. Uh, right now, I don't feel like I would be able to fend off the guy with the knife either. I don't know. Okay, so maybe that's just how keto makes us feel, or it's the gym. I think it might be the gym. That's a gym kind of thing to make you feel. 
yeah. Okay, but yeah, fine. Getting back into into exercise, very very difficult. Um, yeah, the the one benefit is I've been waking up at five a.m. because of the jet lag, and I'm riding it hard. Mm-hmm. That's so good. I'm waking up five. I'm doing thirty minutes of meditation. Um, my full yoga because I have more time. Uh, I went to the park. I went to the beach. I'm getting out in the sun. I'm going for walks because I have so much time. So I, I'm trying to right the ship, but it, I think the the one the three. So I mentioned the sugar and the caffeine, but the third that I think might have been even more difficult was the monotony of everyday existence compared to the thrill of travel. The thrill of travel, the monotony yeah. of everyday life. The contrast between the monotony of everyday oh. life compared to the thrill of travel. Yeah, I don't. I think I sort of prefer everyday life. Not when I'm very, very busy. When I have time to to th- mix adventure into everyday life, I find that much more thrilling than than or not thrilling, but more enjoyable than travel. Right. So I've been like the prospect of, of returning to or, ordinary uh, life when instead of that adventure has been very hard for me. I think that that's like another thing to come down from. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I guess that I, I didn't, I didn't feel as much for me. It's just the challenge to, to start producing it again. Right. Okay. So anyhow, this is what it got me thinking about. You know, there's the expression, you never get too high, never get too low kind of thing. He's supposed to try to like maintain equilibrium or, you know, the stuff that we worked on in the meditation retreat where they tell us that we shouldn't develop an aversion to negative or craving um, to good, um, that both of those were equal. And it got me thinking that maybe you know, all these experiences, the sugar, which is the color of, you know, the explosion of flavor in your, you know, in your mouth and the dopamine rush or the caffeine or even the beautiful sights. Maybe once you glimpse a highs like that, the contrast uh, between that and the low will always be difficult. Yeah, I wonder, I don't know, I don't know how the you know, skilled Vipassana meditators would would react to that. Like they might be perfectly capable of processing these highs and just not getting as high from it. But they're not developing a craving to it while they're Yeah, but they could still experience it. Yeah. And so then the lows wouldn't, you know, wouldn't give them that, that contrast, that overly large contrast. But they also wouldn't chase these highs. No. They they probably wouldn't. And they would theoretically have no preference. In theory, I don't think any of them claims to have perfected. But that would be the goal of some sort. Yeah, that would be the goal. So that would drastically have to change the way that I live. Like when I go to Banya, it's in the seeking of that that high energetic feeling that I get when I, when we do anything, when I do anything, do anything. Yeah. And that's always the question, right? How are they, how are they human? How could you be human and yet 
part of, have that practice. And not only that, like, wouldn't it ruin everything? What do you mean by that? Like, so you can't go do anything that you enjoy anymore. You're, like, you're not supposed to take pleasure. I, I don't know. Like, does it limit the extent of the pleasure that you're allowed to take? Because I guess that's yeah. people, people who see that I won't eat sugar, right, think that I'm ruining life. I'm limiting the, the good feeling that I yeah. could get. Yeah, but, but we acknowledge I, that we're, we're doing this for a greater, we're doing this for a greater pleasure. But when I went to Prospect and I, like today, going to Prospect, that seems like a healthy, good choice of a behavior. But I, I was doing it because I hoped that it would make me feel good and it would uh, make me feel better in my day-to-day. Even our whole idea of trying to boost well-being, you know, for ourselves assumes that it's something that's worth being pursued. Yeah. Yeah, but we're, I just think we're still pursuing. That's the difference between the two philosophies where we believe in this greater pleasure, this greater good that we're doing it for. What's the greater good? Our own greater good, our own a deeper pleasure, a more meaningful pleasure, uh, a happiness, you know, something maybe greater than pleasure. Whereas the, the meditators. Uh, we, okay. No, I'm saying us. Whereas the Buddhist teaching almost seems like turn into a rock is their goal. They just want to eliminate suffering. Right. right. Suffering is way worse than, than pleasure. So it's a worthwhile sacrifice maybe to give up pleasure for suffering. Right. And but then again, they're st- they still have some drive. They still have some motivation. and That's, they say, love and compassion. So, I mean, we always struggle to, to understand this. Right. What would happen? Yeah, yeah, that I definitely struggle. But I struggle more. It, it, it's a radical life shift that it's asking that you don't do anything towards any goal. Like, how could you still maintain a goal in the midst of that kind of practice? Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm sure he is No salt on your food. <laughs> Anything that you like that you're doing because you want, you know, you want. Yeah, for any reason, right? Even if for you want to live longer, like why do they, why do you even eat? Right. So I, yeah, like I, I always think the true, the true Buddha would, would just, when he had his realization, just pause and then wither away in that spot not moving right but i they do they're in the teaching i and i wasn't paying attention so much and i don't remember so much um, on the retreat they were they were teaching somewhat about the a regular pra, uh, practitioner not a monk but a, a head of uh, household right. who yeah. practices yeah and so maybe he has some he's wielding his power in another way he won't completely eliminate his own suffering, but he could lessen other people's suffering, right? He has people who are dependent on him, his wife, his family, his kids. So he could lessen their suffering. So maybe that's, that's the trade-off. And the way to lessen other people's suffering, maybe less enlightened people, and this is a big speculation on their teachings, but maybe that's to bring them joy.
That's questionable. Yeah, it's questionable. But even just to eliminate the suffering, why do we need to go as far as to say to bring them joy? No, okay, so now how do you eliminate someone else? How do you eliminate the non-enlightened people's suffering? You could try teaching them, but other than that... Right, I don't know. Right, bringing them joy, I think, is going to bring them more suffering, according to what we just said. Oh, because we're going to build in stronger cravings? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Like, according to this, going surfing or anything that I do that it gets me high, quote-unquote, is negative. Yeah. Because I don't know how to deal with with it without developing craving, maybe. Yeah. And if you did know how to deal with it, you wouldn't have the desire to go surfing in the first place. Right. There wouldn't be a craving, and then I wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Maybe they're right in a sense. We we always think the answer is in these thrills, but, but they're temporary. Yeah, I think they are right. Well, what I'm noticing is that they are right. I went on a beautiful vacation, and the the glory of uh, that I glimpsed, you know, made it so hard for me to exist this way. Yeah, and yeah. that's the same thing I was saying about inspiration. The real thing that was bo- is bothering me is that I have the moments of inspiration that I'm no longer feeling, the craving for inspiration. Mm-hmm. And I peg the actions as ways to return to the inspiration, but maybe that's uh, faulty because I still just want, I'm chasing it. Yeah, but what are the, if the actions aren't that, then what are the actions, right? You could say the actions are just advice from your inspired self on not how to come back to inspiration, but just advice from, you know, someone who knows more on how to, on how to lead your, your life. But still, for what purpose? To what end? To what end? Like, if you're really going to take the, the Buddhist teachings, then that, to me, that question seems unanswered. Whereas you could adapt some of their teachings and understand that there, there are certain types of cravings or there are certain types of good that lead to strong cravings. And those cravings will bring you harm. But maybe there are other, other cravings or other motives that only lead to good and that's really the the the, you know what we need to spend our time focusing on differentiating between the two types of good and what we spend our time pursuing and what we don't in this way we stop feeding the bad cravings but we're still moving towards something right like you could say the buddha maybe had a craving towards uh showing compassion or showing love there were there was some motive behind that right so i know that when i work out it's addictive i'm hoping for that yeah because that'll let me live longer that will uh decrease my anxiety that will blah 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 and it feels good but it doesn't bring it doesn't bring a craving that's that's you know harmful in the same way that other cravings can be Mm-hmm. Right. There's some there's some like qualitative difference about the the type of craving. Right. But but that doesn't so that deals with the sugar and the caffeine, but it doesn't so much deal with my other one. The inspiration. Yeah, that I think like surfing and and all these kinds of activities that are so fun might be what makes it difficult for me to do things that are not fun. 
Yeah. Uh, they they might be. Like I I don't know I don't know if I could push back against that. It could actually be the case. Like I'm doing too many fun things. Then when I sit down to do a boring work thing, it's like oh this is not a fun thing to do. Yeah, and the people who only work and work all day they they find, you know they find the pleasures within that. Right. I remember. Yeah, I remember a while ago we had a conversation about you know maybe that every person, regardless of the situation they are, has some sort of uh, equilibrium stress levels. Okay, and maybe we could adapt that idea to you know what we find pleasure in or what we find fun. No matter what you're doing, you're gonna find you're going to find a certain amount of things that like you, that give you a certain level of fun and the rest is going to become, you know, regular and normal to you. Right. And so no matter what you surround yourself with, you're going to get the same, the same utility. So you right. can become a hiker and climbers and, you know, uh, just searching thrill all day and surfer surfing and skydiving and whatever. And maybe you get used to that and then, you know, there are still only moments of joy, or maybe you could be, you know, doing the same work every day and you'll eventually aspects of that will, will become fun to you. Right. But doesn't surfing come with other benefits? Is there no positive that happens in my brain when I'm surfing that makes life better in some way? Maybe. And it probably depends on, on the attitude that you surf with also. It's possible that it's like a meditation practice. It's uh, stress relief, you know, getting rid of your stress. Uh, it's it's exercise, but it comes with craving. Yeah. Well. It, it, yeah. Exactly. I, I'm sure there is a way to to surf and not build craving to it. You just won't surf like it much. Blasting the receptors with these peak, more peak experiences then the receptors become numb to, to things that require more subtlety. If you put tons of sugar on your food, you're not going to be able to appreciate the taste of uh, lettuce. Put too yeah. much salt, you, you won't want to eat without it. So we're blasting or I'm blasting my receptors with these exciting, fun experiences um, and then convincing myself that the state that I'm in during those experiences is the goal and then now everything's off. Yeah. I also think that you lose folk you you lose the subtleties in the great experiences also. Right? Like if you're if you're just constantly chasing these highs, then you're gonna surf with the wrong attitude and you're not gonna appreciate the subtleties of surfing. You're not gonna enjoy, you know, paddling through the water or just or just sitting there waiting, watching the waves. Like there, there are subtleties in the, in the in the great experiences also, or the whatever we but want to so call it. You're saying it. that the mindset is more the problem than the yeah, actual I, experience. Yeah, I do think there. That's exactly what I'm saying. There's there is a mindset that you could have in which you can enjoy these experiences, but I do think if you have that mindset, you're not going to be pursuing these experiences every day. Because I mean, maybe you surf. You things. surf. Yeah, you surf. Uh, you know, a few times a year. And you take, 
and you really appreciate the surfing, but you know, it's just something that you do just for fun, not that you're craving and you're not aggressively trying to get every single wave you could get. You're just surfing because it's another way to, to, you know, be with your body and, and enjoy the moment. No, but I'm, I'm still not, I'm, I'm still having trouble. I'm still having trouble differentiating that. What it, the issue is that the, you go do these experiences and they're, you know, design experiences that are designed to make you feel more alive when you're in the water on your belly or to make you feel a certain way. There are experiences that are designed to make you feel a certain way, whatever that way is. Um, playing music, surfing, listening to music, um, whatever it is. Right. And the way that you feel in those experiences uh, is different than the way that you feel in ordinary mundane experiences. My question is, is if doing those experiences then are going to permanently make the mundane experiences lose their luster. If you do them too much, yes. And if when you're doing them, your focus is, is on, is on the thrill is on that extreme feeling if you allow yourself to get high from the experience basically yeah yeah exactly if you're getting high too frequently then it's it's gonna make everything else seem lesser right so let's say i'm at banya right i'm getting i'm getting my body's tingling i'm getting you know i'm getting high from it I'm not supposed to. What what is the way to experience that and not be high? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how you how you train the body to be in this way. Right? It's, it's interesting in the retreat. They didn't tell us you should or shouldn't. Right? They said whatever your your cravings are, you don't have to fight them. Just notice it and notice that it's going to pass. And that seems the way that they that they train that they train the mind. No, they said, right, they said two things. If you're feeling pain, make sure not to develop aversion to it. And if you're feeling pleasure, make sure not to develop craving to it. And I don't understand what they mean by that. How, what does it mean for me to develop a craving to this pleasure? It means don't develop an attachment to it. Like, or a, like there's a way to relish in it and not relish in it. I don't understand it. I don't understand how. But I know yeah, that I, I think I think the wording the wording matters. I don't you know I don't know if they were saying exactly that. Maybe they were saying don't. I don't I don't I don't remember what their wording was, and I don't know if it actually makes the distinction that I'm trying to make. But I think they were saying you you can't control if, if you're going to develop a craving to it, but change the framing that that you view it as. Don't view it as pain view it as you know intensity pain is already building in the language of aversion into it and if you if you notice aversion to this intensity so let's say you notice that you're you're feeling pain then just notice that and that's the way to to train away your cravings and aversions fine but the the negative state i understand more than the positive your legs hurting try not to run from it try to accept my legs hurting uh, I don't like that my legs hurting, but I'm not gonna. Right? I notice that I don't like it. But the what do you do when when you're sitting and you feel tingling in your body, right? And it starts to light up. 
there is a similar practice on that side that you have to, he said, be sure not to create the sankara of craving. Mm-hmm. How? I didn't understand how to do that. I, I don't understand it. So I'm at Banya, my body is literally tingling. I feel sensations in the same way that you could when you meditate, right? It's lit up my body. What does it mean yeah. for me not to develop this, uh, an attachment or a craving to it? I think they're saying you're, you're supposed to realize that that's not your purpose. It's it does. Yeah. It does feel good, but that's not what, what you should be chasing. When you meditate, yes. But what does it mean not to create the, the sankara of craving? Don't chase it. That's what it means. Right. Don't so maybe you're don't saying start chasing it more. Yeah, so you're saying going to Banya is, is chasing it. Is already you're chasing not, it. Forget about yeah, it. Yeah, you don't want to sit at home and meditate. You want to go to Banya to induce the buzzing, tingling, whatever. Sensations. Right, and then meditate with the buzzing, tingling in my body. Yeah. That's exactly what they say not to do. Yeah. But that's why I do everything. That's that's what I'm trying, right? That's why I go go to the beach. That's why I... Yeah. And how could You're trying I, to make it so that you always have buzzing. Yeah. Yeah. Even now we're having this conversation. I'm enjoying it. I'm getting excited. I'm getting out of the depression. I don't like the way the, the depression feels. I like the way that the that the inspiration feels. I like how I feel when I'm energetic. That's the reason I would play ping pong or the reason I would run or the reason I would do certain jobs. I mean, that's, that is the, you know? Yeah. So they would say that you're, you're missing the point. You know, you're where that's the attitude that everyone else has in the world. And maybe they're just less good at making themselves feel good. Right. They go shopping to buy expensive clothes. They think that will make themselves feel good. You're just playing the same game as them, and maybe you're better at making yourself feel good, or maybe just different things make you feel good. But you're playing, you're playing the same game. Yeah. Whereas I guess they're saying it's more that you have to realize you shouldn't be playing that game. But what will happen to my life if I realize that? I don't know. Probably everything you care you see everything you care about now would probably fall away (laughs) (laughs) but but if you really stop playing the game it wouldn't bother you anymore i know it wouldn't exactly oh uh, it wouldn't bother me or it wouldn't pleasure me part of me was like everything would just fall away i started craving it (laughs) and i do think that that the uh, experienced meditators feel the flow more frequently when they're meditating. The flow, but you can't get, but you can't get the the pleasant sensations. But I don't think you could get there by chasing the pleasant sensations. I think that's the path that doesn't. No, but they might feel the pain more also. Not pain. Question. Not pain. And not pleasant. <laughs> exactly. So well, who can, and who said they well, no but okay whatever we're calling the pleasant beforehand and the pain beforehand are they going to feel more of the pleasant does meditating move yes so I think pleasant? I think they feel more of the pleasant but they no, no longer call it the pleasant no that's crazy that's blasphemy I think 
No, I think it's true. That's just not their purpose. If, if that's your purpose, you can never reach that state. <laughs> it's like the, uh, it's elusive. If you try to get it, then it moves further. If yeah, not it's, want the, it. it's the mirror of Erisad in uh, yeah, the Sorcerer's Stone. Exactly. Great stuff. We're screwed, but so I'm never going to achieve anything resembling that. Maybe. And then I'm going to suffer endlessly. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, our attempts so far have been to adapt their practice into, into normal life. Right, not try to move in that direction. But there, there still is lessons to learn from them and not how to pursue the, the pleasant, flowy state. But maybe, you know, it's, it's almost like maybe we miss, in misunderstanding the teachings, we become, you know, more chasing the, the pleasant sensations. Right, like they exposed us to this, to yeah. actually physically feeling the pleasant flowing. I want to learn how to meditate just so that I could go experience <laughs> more of the. I want to become a great meditator so that I could do drugs and go to Banya and meditate. You know, yeah, and just feel my whole body. Yeah, so maybe the lesson we need to learn is not that. Maybe the lesson is not complete indifference, but more indifference. Look, the good thing is I'm definitely very aware. It's night and day change. Yeah, yeah, definitely more aware. Like even though we would talk about this, that we have so much thoughts on what the landing was like. And a lot of times I'm noticing myself in very bad moods and like somewhat stepping away and saying, wow, this doesn't feel good and trying to breathe my way out of it. And I'm still trying to force my way out of it. Yeah. I say accept the way it feels, uh, you know, but I, I just want out. I can't. I'm not functioning. I'm, I'm, I'm doing damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how you're, supposed to change, how, how you're supposed to change your attitude. Maybe it's just that's the, the practice of meditation. Maybe that's you just have to keep practicing. I would think you have to be much more ascetic, though. Yeah, well, they say it helps, obviously, right? And I remember leaving the retreat immediately. I mean, even when we started speaking, I couldn't meditate as well. Right. But the, but the diet was very plain. You don't need any meat. You don't speak. They, they don't say you shouldn't have sex. Yeah, like I was showering and still chasing. That's a hot shower. You know, anything, a cold shower. A shower. <laughs> Things are just going to crumble too quickly. Yeah. My whole strategy is about inducing a positive tingling in me. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that's the, I think that's the same attitude as a drug addict. Yeah. And I'm, I'm noticing it. She used to do hour, two hours a day of uh, adikhan sittings to force yourself to feel pain and, and accept it. Yeah, I also think I've been doing my meditations wrong. I don't know what I've been doing when I've been meditating. Yeah, you've been choosing the meditation styles that give you the most pleasantness. 
<laughs> not completely, but you know. And I, I remember vividly how he said that. You know, when you go home, be very careful. The goal is not to make yourself have the, you know. So maybe you need another retreat. I want. I got that email. I have it on my to do list. I want to do a, at least a one or two day something. Yeah, yeah. I want to do a three day one for like a, a weekend. You saw that three one day one in where Jersey or. I'm definitely down to do a three-day one this summer. And then after that, I'm down to go on a hike. It, it, you can do anything. <laughs> yeah. I don't like it. I'm never going to accept the philosophy. Maybe I will. Maybe if I keep noticing this, I'll, I'll be forced to. Yeah, I think that's all that's asked of you. Just keep noticing. All the pleasure that I'm chasing, this is what I'm saying. The best week, the price for the best week is the worst week. Yeah. Maybe it's not true that one moment of inspiration. Yeah, but in, in Judaism, you have the concept mitzvah, goreh, mitzvah. You know? No, well, maybe that's not a mitzvah. Maybe feeling the pleasure is not a mitzvah. Nothing to do with your own pleasure is a mitzvah, right? It's, it's very different than the approach that we would think of mitzvah. Yeah. Right, maybe same thing. Maybe the Jewish mitzvah had the same idea. By forgetting your own well-being and binding yourselves to laws, um, you will have, I don't know, not pleasure then. I don't know what will happen. <laughs> You'll diminish yeah. your own pleasure. I would imagine that with enough meditation, you start getting a control over your own mental states. And I think that's really, that's closer to the answer, right? Because they're doing all these meditations to, to let go of their cravings and aversions. And then you end it with metapavna meditation, right? Loving kindness. And so maybe that's the way that they, right? The, the loving kindness meditation. And they say you can't always do it. You're not always in the state where, where it's right to do it. But maybe that's the window into giving yourself good experiences of a certain kind only the good experiences of love and compassion are the ones that yeah so you choose to have those and those aren't the ones that bring craving and aversion and why do you choose those it's one of the teachings it's one of the teachings, yeah. teaching that at the end you should choose that so what then you start filling yourself with that loving feeling you're going to be hooked on it like a nut it's the first glimmer of hope no, you, seen. you're not supposed to be chasing it you've already become a master at at meditating and feeling you know what we would call pleasure and pain and no but they let you do metapav now while meditating yeah not like only expose yourself to that at the end yeah uh i'm really befuddled i'm baffled Yeah, it, it definitely is is, is uh, a little confusing. Because everything that we were saying to do, to, the Ben Adama Makam, the things that are going to make you feel better, that, so that you could choose the better actions, all of that seems like maybe that's just chasing a certain way of feeling. Yeah, I think it, I think it comes down to to a language thing. Meaning? Like, 
they speak of pleasure and pain, but I think they're only saying it because they know that's how we think of it, right? But ideally, that's those aren't the words they would call it. Okay. The point of meditating is that you notice all types of sensations and you have no preference. There is no pleasure or pain. There's just different types of sensations. Correct. Yeah. So what does that and then is that? And then the loving, loving compassion are just the types of ways you could behave to bring this cessation of suffering to more people. And that's, that's what their philosophy is. It's like a, it's a, it's a cancer in a way, but in this, you know, in this case, it's bringing something that they think is good. It's spreading the cessation of suffering all over the world. But they can't even call it good. I don't even want to deal with that contradiction anymore. I don't believe it. I don't see a connection is what I mean. I think it's a, a leap. There's empty space between. doesn't lie. Yeah, I think so as well. Okay, so I can't. I agree with the leap, but I can't understand it. But what I'm saying is, in my life, I don't, I don't see how this is reconcilable. Like that, we were having that conversation, right? And I started to get excited, and I'm feeling good. What can I do? I guess it's not something that I could do. <laughs> it's something that I could not do to not develop craving to that feeling. Like when there, it's happening in your subconscious, I guess meditate's the only thing. In my subconscious, what's happening is it starts to feel good and something grabs on to the good. And I guess that's the muscle that through meditation you have to train to turn off. Yeah. I also think it's about exposing yourself to, to the right sorts of pleasures. You see, that it, you see that in Judaism also. There are certain sins that are pleasurable that they say if you do it, it's going to make, you know, it's going to bring you further away from good. It's going to make it harder to say no the next time. You feed okay. yourself sugar, it's going to be harder to say no to sugar. We know this. Okay. Well, this and is the so, most comical part, just on the sugar, it's a tangent. I'm reading Torah in, in the Minyan, and I'm reading about the not kosher food. That's right? All the ones, yeah. and they're heating up rugelach in, in the shul, wafting <laughs> the place with the smell of sweet sugar. I'm craving the sugar as you like, read that. As I'm not, <laughs> not, not to eat food. the not kosher foods. That's hilarious. I don't like this is the not kosher foods. Yeah. Yeah. I really do think that should be a, an instituted change. But maybe maybe we're wrong about what the point of Judaism is. It has nothing to do with helping you live longer. It's the surrendering of yourself that is the whole thing and it's the opposite to think it that way you've been surrendering yourself to what doesn't matter why for what purpose it'll cause the end of cravings you, you don't it's going to dissolve the ego the same purpose as the buddhist teachings Perhaps. So if you try to start turning it into things that are good for you so you could be a hedonist, you defeated the whole point. Mm -hmm. It's not about living forever. 
It's about you when you wake up instead of what do I want to do? What am I going to do? I have to do this. I don't have a choice. I surrender how I feel. It's not, oh, if I And so then the laws could be better. completely arbitrary. Arbitrary. This Hukim. Yeah. Yeah, but most of them are not Hukim. Whatever, they're, they're divinely decided. Oh, they're, you know, whatever. They are what they are. They're what we decided they are for whatever reason. But, but doing them for your own personal gain is not what Kavana is. Uh, for the good sensation it gave you, that's not Kavana. Kavana is knowing that you're doing it just because it's a mitzvah and no other benefit. Yeah, okay. So then the, uh, the, the Islamic suicide bomber as really is going to heaven. He's reached nirvana. He may have. In the moment before uh, pressing the button on his explosive vest, he reached true peace. He reached, he might have. Not also the laws happen to be, we, we were able to advance certain morals, but none of them are about how you feel. Interesting. I mean, I, I don't know if that's true because some of the law commandments are commanding you to, f- to feel a certain way, right? If do Hashem Yeah, but you still have to just do it because it was can- commanded. There are opinions like this. Yeah, but it's commanding you to, to feel a certain way. Obviously, the, the internal way of how you feel matters. So that's a one case where they want you to feel a certain way, but that doesn't mean all the, but that's everything that you do. No, yeah. that just means you should be happy that you're doing it for him. Okay, you why? Be happy that you're doing it for him. That's just one of the things, because it's done. You can't even be unhappy, you know? It might also make you feel happy, similar idea, but if you do it to feel happy and feel good, then you can't. Okay. Yeah. And that's what I was saying about the, the Buddhist teachings. Yeah, you yeah. Can't accept that. Yeah. No. Uh, what'd you say? Yeah. Okay. But I'm saying maybe that's the same point. That, that maybe they're making the same point and we're doing them all wrong. Kavana is the opposite. It's just for service. Surrender. Perhaps. But then you can't surrender for thinking that it's the path for more pleasure or more happiness. You have to surrender for some other reason. <laughs> so we're trapped. Yeah, and you also have to meditate for some other reason. Yeah, and that and that's why it's the path to the end of suffering okay. and and achieve enlightenment. Same idea. It's the path to end suffering. Whatever the reason is, the same. Okay. And we don't. Sub- I, at least I don't think I subscribe to that responsibility to do it. But it's going to have the same positive impact as the as the Buddhist teachings. I don't subscribe to the Buddhist teachings either. You don't? No. Well, then we're stuck with the suffering. Yeah, I think we're trapped. And the only way that we could, that even those teachings could even work for us would be if we believed in them in, the, in an abstract way, not because we're chasing good. So how does Sam reconcile it? He doesn't fully reconcile it. 
he says he's trying to maximize well-being. Right. But the teaching is not reconciling that distinction. He doesn't address that he does that. About trying to maximize well-being? Yeah. He doesn't address that there's a contradiction. I mean, I think he thinks it's obvious that there's a contradiction. And he did say that, that he's had to filter out the, the voodoo from the teachings. No, but okay. He didn't address specifically. How is it that he's not a man filled with cravings like anyone else? So maybe there's like this short-term type of craving. Right, that's what you were trying to make in an earlier episode, distinguish right. or t- even today. Yeah. But I still think he is somewhat, somewhat of a man. But my craving, so I think a craving to Prospect Park is a better craving than a craving for the sugar donut because the sugar donut kills me. But the craving is what's causing my suffering. Oh, but here's the other approach. You were meant to suffer. You're a human. Why, why, you have suffering in you, of course. Why are you trying to avoid uh, the suffering? You have some other responsibility or the suffering is what makes the good feel good. Or who said that if I chase well-being, I won't get more well-being than suffering. I don't know. Yeah. But if you do that, if you actually internally accept that, then I think suffering is no longer suffering. If you internally accept what? If you come to peace with the suffering, it's not suffering anymore. Suffering is just what we're averse to. So go on a go on vacation, have a great time, feel very high, and then come back, and you're gonna feel down, but it's still not suffering in some way. Even down is a is a is a negative feeling. Is me connoting it to be a negative feeling? Yeah, I'm saying like down, we we associate with like you're gonna feel a certain way, you're gonna feel whatever way. And if you just accept that that's the way you feel, then it's it's no longer while still suffering. doing every single action every day to chase other ways of feeling. No, yeah, well then it's then it is going to feel like suffering if you do that. But that's right? what everything that to get I do. Away. But that's everything I do. Okay, well that was just your most recent proposal on understanding. So maybe that's not really possible while, you, while we still continue to chase pleasure. Yeah, I'm saying, so how could Sam reckon they're incompatible? Unless there they're, are different types of, of pleasures. Okay, okay. It's, you know, dopamine and, and serotonin, or, you know, maybe there could, there could be some scientific distinction. And how do we know? We, we don't know what, what, what's what. Yes, so that's why we need teachers. Is the hot shower the good kind or the bad kind? Is Prospect Park the good kind or the bad kind? Is it the feeling I get from having a good conversation the good kind or the bad kind? Is the feeling- I, think any, I think any of them could really be. It depends on how you approach it. Is the sugar one the good kind or the bad kind? I think the sugar is harder. It's harder to be a good kind because it's, it's physical. So regardless of how we process it, it's going to be processed uh, you know, physiologically in a certain way. It's going to cause certain chemicals to be released and, and whatever. 
but other experiences that are that are less physical and more about our perception of things i think it's we have more control in, in how they're processed so i don't know if i agree with that distinction but maybe just that that with sugar it's more challenging to process it differently because it, it's more intense physiologically yeah okay I wouldn't say it's not. But I don't, I don't even fine. know if it's true. Like, we're having go to banyas. That's a crazy, that's just as intense as sugar, if not more. Yeah. So maybe banyas is going to be a, a pleasure that you're never going to be able to process in the, in the proper way. Go out into the sun. Yeah, I don't know. Everything. There's so many of them that are so intense that I don't know how is there how that was my know. question is the answer to have less of them probably because as long I don't as know what the right those. number is on there. yeah but am I why don't we have none of them well uh, well then if I'm if I'm gonna say that we should have less of them then why shouldn't we have none of them right it would seem like we should have none of them like I should put no effort into making my food taste good. No, it's hurting you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like you have to be an ascetic, uh, and then as you get better at the practice, you could sprinkle in a little because it's less risky if it makes life. But more you have less desire for sprinkling than in. Yeah, not out of desire, out of convenience. But I don't know convenience towards what end. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fine, but and who a, knows? You could overdo it, and and well, my lose point your hope. Is, even if we are trying to maximize for well-being, experiences of profound well-being um, might not be good in the long term. Extreme momentary experiences, right, are not good. Yeah, I mean, I, there probably is a use for them, but they're probably supposed to happen very infrequently. And what about we in, our, so in our wealth and days of summer and our spoiledness or whatever you want to call it, we have, we have too many extreme experiences that we become desensitized. That could definitely be the case. That's what I think is happening. Yeah. But giving up all those positive experiences is very hard to imagine would boost my well-being meter. No, it's going to be temporary. What would be temporary? The it, It's going to be a temporary dip in your, you know, quality of experience. And then you're going to very quickly adjust. And then you're going to return to your equilibrium. It can't be, though. If you sat in a cell, you know underground you're going to be more less quality of experience than if you go to the beach every day like what if we can't keep up the, upping the dose right what if we can't keep we have yeah, enough we can't keep. yeah so is this just a tolerance reset or is it a different way of, I, don't know, I don't know is what just a tolerance reset 
making our lives, uh, you know, having less extreme experiences? Are we just trying to reset our tolerance so that we could then abuse the drug again? <laughs> right. So we, can can we can't up the dose right. anymore at a reasonable yeah. cost. So. Yeah. Oh, we're lost, man. We're lost. I'm lost. Yeah. Kind of I don't know. It's, it, it's not. It, it is also beautiful, but... Mysterious. Mysterious. What a mysterious world. Yeah, that we, that we even ponder, ponder these things is probably strange. <laughs> I think of all the, the monkeys and the animals that are just running out and about. Yeah. Do, do you think that this crisis is familiar to other people? Some version of this? It has to be. I imagine some version of it. Do they know what, when I do, I don't even know what I'm knowing and what, what I'm, what I'm seeing. Yeah. I'm just discontented too much of the time. And then either I'm a boolean feeling so good or discontented. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know if other people notice this. And I'm getting pretty good at, at, at feeling more of the ebullient. Remember I had a therapist and like I was saying, okay, give me exercises and drills and I'll make my life better, ways to reframe bad thoughts, you know, the whole thing. And she refused. She said, this is against the whole point. So what was the point that she tell you? I'm not a life coach. Yeah, exactly. No. So I was like, what is the point? Right. I was like, why? Well, I want to feel better. This is going to make me feel better. Chasing the feeling better is going to make me not feel better. We're very lost. Yeah. I mean, we're lost, and yet I do think we, my awareness and your awareness are, are definitely very high. Like I, I, I always say, am I sensitive? And it, does sensitive just mean aware? Yeah. Well, it depends. Sensitive. Like about, yeah. It depends what, how you define sensitive, right? If you mean sensitive as in, just as in you sense more, then yes, that means aware. That's but aware. if you mean sensitive as in a way as, as in your feeling more uh, higher levels of crave, craving and aversion, <laughs> then that's not just awareness. Yeah, but like, I was like, oh, you know, uh, I'm sick. I was telling someone, he's like, oh, yeah. I don't really get sick. And then he's like, I'm like, but you're sniffling now. He goes, oh, like this? Yeah, this. Uh, oh, very often. So am I a baby that like I always, oh, I'm sick. Uh, he doesn't even realize that he's sick. Yeah. Yeah, but you would think if he knew he was sick, he wouldn't want to be sick. But he doesn't you know, know it didn't he always have to be like that. He doesn't develop any aversions to sickness. Yeah, maybe well, okay, he did, he did have aversion. I've used my meditation to create more awareness, which is going to create more unhappiness for me. 
more and more of <laughs> you're going to notice the suffering more yeah this is all i'm doing as long as you i'm going to notice the pleasure more and notice the suffering more okay great i'm more aware you know it's it's hell to be more aware all i've done is turn up the volume no you've always been feeling it now you're just aware consciously so he's feeling sick and he just doesn't know yeah maybe I would think normal so. state of being. Obviously, he's so obviously bad. in some in some way he knows he's sick. His body might be feeling more stress, but he's not creating any sankharas over it. Whereas I am because it's the volume's louder. Or I guess I was always creating the sankharas. Now I just know that I am, and who cares to compare me and him? Maybe he's creating sankharas. Maybe he's not. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure he does have his own sankaras. And he has them because he thinks they're things that are going to make him feel better. Right? Like, he's still going to want the new Apple products. He thinks they're going to make him feel better. I'm sure he has some kinds, of course, but I'm saying maybe the sickness, he doesn't make the sankara version as much. Maybe, or maybe it manifests it, itself in a different way and he just doesn't realize, you know, maybe he doesn't like going to the gym because he's sick. Right. So anyhow, this, I guess what I'm, the, the new awareness that we got from the retreat and I guess from the practice is bringing to light, for me at least, the, the degree of my addictiveness towards this pursuit of how I feel this process of craving and aversion. Yeah, does it make you feel like you're you're craving more? Yeah. Or do you think this is always has been how much you're craving and now you're just more aware of? Oh, so I'm saying they try more aware. Yeah. I would think that also, like, I, I, you know, we've still always been going about and doing whatever whatever we've been doing. And I, I think you I'm know, it was obviously with, motivated. Yeah, but I think I'm using the awareness to get deeper into the net. So it's like, oh, okay, this makes me feel this way, and this makes me feel that way. Oh, well, I want to feel more of that way, which I was always doing that calculation, but maybe I'm better at that game. I think that's what Sam says. You get better at that game with these skills. Yeah, yeah that's, that seems what? to be Sam's perspective. You feel bad. Yeah, he says, like, you could, now you have the awareness to – listen to your daughter tell you a story as opposed to you know reading your emails because you know that in the long term that's going to make you feel a better kind of better than the sh the fleeting better that you get from the other thing yeah once you start to notice oh i do this phone thing it feels good for a little then it stops feeling good yeah it creates like a this is a, an, another degree of of pleasure it's not it's not pleasure in the same way the phone thing is this is is something greater or maybe so more or less and maybe the phone that. is temporary and then you lose it yeah oh uh, but right we were saying us uh, so that's the other point to all highs have the same lows right maybe there's different all. levels of highs yeah yeah there i that's what i think there is there are different levels of not a I different level of high. That's not a good word. Different planes of measuring high. Like what you're yeah. saying, there's high on dopamine and high on yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And more that there's a, a qualitative difference between the types of highs than uh, different levels quantitatively.
Right. And then you notice, oh, this high, it feels this way, but it, it ends up making this kind of craving. So I might be noticing, though, correctly that chasing some of these experiences is, is uh, taking away from my focus. Yeah. My ability to do other things that I only hypothesize will allow me to have more pleasure. But maybe the only way to do it is to experiment. Pleasure. So I think I need to go on. There's a few uh, radical actions that I think I need, but I don't know when I will do them. Um, one is uh, technology, uh, further technological, but maybe I don't need a revolution there. Like it's not in my bed, but whatever, continuing to tweak that because the addiction there, I mean, we should talk about that again, I think, because it's madness and it can only be us. Um, so the technology, and then I think some kind of ascetic, more ascetic, more even keeled kind of thing where I do less of, I, I think it would, it would have to be less of all the things. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it would, it would, it would have to be less of, less banya, less, uh, um, less extravagant meals, less, less good meals, less ping pong, less music, maybe, less music, less podcasts for sure, <laughs> less five, yeah, less consumption. I think the thing that I'm, yeah, that's the main one. It's a trick. It's crazy. Because it's it's disguised as the, the holy teachings. Yeah, it's disguised as teachings. It's gonna bring you to know more. I it, it's hard. Like if someone says, "Oh, what'd you do on your phone for three hours?" It's like I don't know. I thought I was studying Torah, kind of. Yeah. And it it is Torah to some extent. So maybe that's also Talmud Torah is not everything. If you only do Talmud Torah and 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 nothing else. Maybe that's not, not to be desired. The conversation that we had a week ago with the, with the way that I'm feeling now. I, it's like mysterious to me what I was even saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe that could be an answer also. More action. And more subservience, the way that I was proposing Judaism as, as that other way. Yeah. Well, it's definitely, uh, more, what, what, what's bothering me is lack of drive to do actions that I think will make my life better in the long term, a.k.a. work. Yeah. And what I'm proposing, some... but maybe, maybe what I... Maybe I realize that it's not worthwhile to pursue these things and that it's some, you know, brilliant enlightenment by me that working is bad and I should be pursuing other pleasures and working will never be pleasurable. Or maybe it's what I'm proposing now that, the, you know, I'm getting high from other things, experiences that make work, which could be on its own enjoyable, impossible to be enjoyable. Yeah, I, I could see both being true. I, I don't think the the first one actually is 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 perfect because you want to give up work so you could pursue other pleasures. That's not sustainable either. Why? 
because you want to partake in pleasure. One, you want to partake in pleasures that are that that are expensive, mm-hmm. and two, you probably could get sick of those pleasures also. Right. So I realized though that it doesn't have to be financially motivated, and that I could have just as much player pleasure without finances. Yeah. Yeah, it's possible that that's why. Like, what about the guys that the surf? Like, what do you make of the guys that surf all day? It's kind of what I, it's people that are addicted to inspiration or people that have completely become enlightened and realized that there was no point in any of the other things and that, uh, you know, maybe they are, maybe they do feel good all the time. Maybe. Like one of our brothers was saying that to me. It's obvious. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they actually feel good all the time. I don't know if maybe that's, they feel if good that's possible. Maybe they feel good Maybe they found possible. the right formula. Yeah, that that's definitely possible. We're searching for the well-being formula, and they know it. No, well, they know the well-being formula for themselves. It's not necessarily going to work for you. Fine, but but they found a way to be at peace. They just laugh and enjoy and are present. And the way to be present is to only be in. The, it's easier to be present if you're only in positive situations. Yeah. Yeah, but maybe they also have their same struggles. They feel lost. They feel lonely. They feel like they have no purpose. They're not doing anything. Maybe achievement is know. achievement is part of a part of our happiness equation. I would think. I mean, we spoke about this. It's part of our satisfaction levels. Our life satisfaction. Maybe they found a way to to meditate their way through that. To let it go. Yeah, I wonder if there if there are studies on this, right? Or maybe yeah. they're just craving, and they have such aversion to everything, and all they do is crave this one thing, and they're drug addicts. Yeah, I I'm by I I mean I don't think it's either one or the other. Right. I, I think it's possible that there there are some surfers that are like drug addicts, and maybe there there are some surfers out there that are enlightened. I'm saying it looks like it would be easier to be enlightened if I did that. And what would the answer be? Go try it. Yeah, yeah, that would be the answer, but it's too scary. Yeah. Like, all right, maybe it is easier. Go do it. But and 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 we bet that it would be just as as difficult. Yeah, I don't I don't think it holds that much promise. Not for us. Yeah, but it looks better than a lot of other strategies. Like I see a guy today fishing at prospect and he just fishes every day. I don't know if he, he makes money or what his deal is, but to me, he's definitely doing much better this way than if he were working at McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. Much better guy smiling. He's not killing anyone. He's happy. He seemed great. Okay, what about guys that work in a warehouse all day? But you know, they're all friends with each other. They're joking around in their job. Yeah, so they happen to get lucky. They're in the right environment, but there might be bad ones. Bad boss, bad this. This is just like set. I'm saying, I think this has a higher expected value payout for them. Yeah, and how does he live in New York City? And their expenses. Yeah, I don't know what he does. I didn't get that far. Yeah. Fine, but he's he's given in. You know, like, 
I don't know, I guess you see everyone around here that believes that I see the people that go jogging and prospect every day with their dog. Like to me, that's good. That that is going to add to their expected value over the happiness. And then we're saying, no, maybe that's actually creating the contrast that's keeping them miserable. I don't think we're looking at the right people. I think like the people I would want to look at who are living this lifestyle are the people outside of the city, the people who actually live in rural America who have lifestyles like that. Closer to like that. Yeah. Because they're actually, right, they're not people that are trying to utilize some of these practices for their same like capitalist function. Right. That's what we're trying to do with them. That's what we're trying to do. Right. Do we call, really call this addiction capitalism, basically, right? Yeah. Well being given uh a, a physical form in a way that it could be traded. And then addiction to it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure everyone's playing that game, even the people in rural America who, who've uh, adopted it, you know, that lifestyle. But they're more removed from the from monetary capitalism, at least, from the financial oh, wow. capitalism. They're, they're more removed from, from this, the city life. It's a different culture, probably. Right. So what am I even asking then if, if going to Prospect Park, it, when viewed from the same capitalistic well-being, equationified way of living, um, is making my life better or worse? And I'm noticing that it may be making it worse because I'm developing the sankata of craving towards it and uh, it's making doing more monotonous things more boring. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's the question, I guess. I, I, I mean, there are studies that show that as your that as your income levels go up uh, to a certain level, at least your happiness is rising, right? Mm-hmm. So, unless you're going to completely remove yourself from that game somehow, there there is utility to making money. Right. Right, but we're saying that really the game is the trap. So I'm pretending, I'm saying, oh, I'm creating a sankara of craving. I should do less of it. But my only goal of doing less of it is still so that I can feel more of the good feeling. I'm just noticing that overloading myself with the good feeling might be making having a consistent good feeling harder. Yeah. But I'll still be trapped because I still kept that mindset and that frame. Because you're still chasing the good feeling. I'm yeah. just gonna chase it in smaller ways. And yeah, I still want to. I still, I still want to use caffeine, and so right. I'm just gonna, you know, lower my dose to three days a week so that I could still get the high from it without building the tolerance. Correct. But I'm still maybe the craving is still equal then. Yeah, and. And then what would be the metaphor of not having, what would be the, the interpretation of not having caffeine at all? That's the aesthetic lifestyle that we said. Yeah, I'm going to be an aesthetic because I know that any of that pleasure is automatically creating craving and aversion in me. 
But now you still yeah. haven't mastered craving and aversion. Because there's still you craving and aversion. keep yourself away from fighting. Yeah, but then you'll uh, develop a craving or aversion to the, the sensation in your body. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, know. I don't think it's I'm not so sure that staying away from pleasure is the answer, actually, because no one says you should stay away from pain so that you don't build aversion to it. Right. You need to become master of craving and aversion. Yeah, you should feel the sensations we call pain and just not feel pain. But I do think that in it's much harder to work on it in Banya, in your regular life, when you're being blasted with this positive sensation. Whereas yeah. if you become ascetic and then you isolate it, so it's really just in your body. Yeah. And then it's very focused. Breathing and the aversion very clearly. Like, okay, do you feel good right now or do you feel bad? Okay. You could face it in the moment and you're not artificially, you know, pumping it. It's easier to then see the way craving takes its hold and the way that aversion is operating. Uh-huh. And then you think as you become more skilled, you slowly integrate yourself back into life feeling greater what we would call pains and pleasures and and processing them in your enlightened way right and what will happen is you'll chase these less and less because they're more indifferent from each other but we don't want that result so that's you know (laughs) yeah we don't want that result and uh, so I don't know, but yeah, I think maybe it doesn't, right. So the question is, should I try to take a more, have a more aesthetic lifestyle? Stop trying to feel good more. I don't even understand what that would mean though. Yeah, I, I think, I think the answer lies in, in what we were talking about earlier, the differences. There are certain things that feel good that you're allowed to indulge in or that you should indulge in. And then there are others that we should not. And maybe Banya falls into, into the pleasures that you should not indulge in. Maybe Banya falls into the pleasure that you should not indulge in. What kind of pleasure is it? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not positive, but... It's like positive. exercising. <laughs> what about exercising? Is that a pleasure I could indulge in? What about good conversation? What about... Yeah, so for each one, you'd probably have to evaluate. It's about the amount also, that's what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, it is is to some degree about the amount, but I think first is is putting them into categories. Pleasures I need to be careful with and pleasures I don't. Right. Someone might argue the opposite. It's not about the ones. It's only about the amount. Moderation with everything, that's the key. Yeah, but there, there are some things that you don't need to moderate because they're self-moderating, right? You don't need to moderate exercise because you're not going to exercise too much. We don't have, the, the, the craving doesn't hit us in that way. It might. I mean, maybe you personally it doesn't, but it could. In an extreme, an extreme situation. Craving to play tons of ping pong. Well, I don't, I don't call that exercise. Why <laughs> not? Okay, I don't. I don't it's not the same surfing uh it's not the same level of ex- it's not the same uh, intensity of exercise or something 
as as working out. Right, so take because it comes with another it comes with another pleasure. It's independent right. of the physical response right. to it's exercise. Okay, but I'm saying maybe all the pleasures are the same. Moderating is the key. That's what makes you find learning to find equilibrium is the thing that'll maximize your well-being or well, yeah, but you're always going to be playing that game it's like it's like trying to consume nicotine in moderation it's painful i would think but maybe that's the going to the gym is also painful yeah i mean to some degree hopefully it provides more pleasure than than discomfort I'm saying maybe the process, it's a training, the process of learning to moderate, to maintain equilibrium in the face of highs and lows. Yeah, but for what purpose? Why not only indulge in the pleasures that are safe? Right. If you're not going to be able to moderate, then you shouldn't do it. That's the point. Yeah. Or or if you are going to be able to moderate, but it's going to net you know, take up your energy and net make you feel bad to have to moderate. Like if, if someone's trying to smoke a cigarette a day and then, you know, they already smoked a cigarette that day or they already hit, you know, whatever date nowadays. And then they walk by someone else smoking, they're going to smell, smell the tobacco or, or mint or, or vape flavor and they're going to feel craving. And they're going to have to struggle against the urge to, to consume nicotine. But the, the struggle is the whole game. It's good. Why? Because the learning to, the whole point is just to learn how to not crave and not avert. And here's your opportunity by trying to moderate, by learning to moderate, by practicing moderation. So yeah. Practice. I don't know if it's ever going to get easier, easy, that much easier though. All right, this is this is fun. I don't know where I land from any of this, or how how any of this could be applied. But yeah, there's only one reason. Sort to, of ran in circles. Oh, very much so. This is true to form. <laughs> true to form. This is the the usual weeds we find ourselves in. I think it's only good if we're lost. Hello. Oh, where'd you, uh, where'd you lose me? I don't know. I said it's only good if we're lost and then you literally got lost. Yeah. No, I think, cause I think there are times where individually we could be lost and talking. We could then piece together the information we have to, to find ourselves. Is it better if we, I think it's better if we're both lost. <laughs> that, that means it's better. <laughs> That means we really uh, tread new we ground. We really found a, a question. We found a problem. I don't know if, I would, if this ground is new, but I'll have a whole another piece on new. Uh, we could we'll do that a different day. But but uh, yeah, it's not new ground. But I'm seeing it from the other side of the lake or something. <laughs> Fine, we've seen it with a new perspective. That I'll, that I'll agree with. <laughs> <laughs> That's my new way of saying that. I'm seeing it from the other side of the lake. 
It looks nothing like what it looks like on the other side of the lake. So I think it's new. We're going to only define new as if I never saw this lake before. No, because you somewhat recognize it. Yeah, I know that it's I know that it's a silver lake, but I, I no, but we see the spot that we spent the day. We see this place where we ate dinner, our delicious almonds and macadamia nuts and apricots. Distant memories. Yeah. I know we on the hike you would take pleasure in you know take great pleasure in eating those nuts. I bet it's still the same amount of pleasure. I I can't go any further. <laughs> oh man. All right, all right. Stuff. I hope uh if you're still with us, you made it through with the uh, we'll see how the audio sounds. Uh, hopefully this is a another gem, another classic cold plunge conversation. Yeah. Who knows, who knows what we're gonna call it? <laughs> All right, and yeah, let's. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for joining. Thank us. you. Another yeah. episode of Cold Cold Plunge. Plunge. <laughs> it's much harder with the. <laughs>